In this episode of Ask Ted, how to become a successful personal trainer and how to evaluate health information on the internet. And today's topic is going to, or today's two topics are prompted by a question that I got from a listener, an Ask Ted question on how to be a successful personal trainer. But I know that a lot of you aren't in the fitness business or even interested in getting into the fitness business. So what I'm gonna do to make it relevant to you listening is that I'm going to put together how to become a successful personal trainer and also to help you evaluate health information on the internet because as I mentioned before with the Lumosity scandal and having to pay back $2 million to all the people that signed up for the program because they overstated or outright lied about the claims that they were making, there's a lot of that in fitness. In fact, there's a lot of people who have never trained anybody. They've never worked with anybody. They've read some blog posts and started to come up with some ideas about what to do and copied other people, then uh, put it together and, and sell it to you as good health information. And what they are is experts in marketing. And I don't think there's anything terribly wrong with that as long as you're very honest about who you are and what your expertise is. And if you're just saying, hey, listen, this is my experience. This is what worked for me. And I want to share it with you. That's fine. Uh, but, <laughs> but when you go and pretend like you're a real expert who's worked with hundreds of people and have tried other, all sorts of things that didn't work and then uh, found your way to what did work. It, I mean, that's disingenuous or an outright lie. And I'll tell you one of the things with me is that I've been a fitness professional for the past 17 years here in Miami, Florida. And I've worked with probably over 100 clients by this time, all types of clients. And I made a lot of mistakes at the beginning, or I wouldn't say mistakes, but I, I wasn't doing things great. And I started to get better from that experience because there's nothing like the experience of working one-on-one -on -one with people to give you the best idea of what actually works for people. And I don't want to stop you if you're an internet, more of an internet marketer doing your thing with health and fitness. That's fine. Just be honest about who you are and what your experience really is. Uh, and, and I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. In fact, I'll, I'll give you one example right now. There's a guy who says he's a doctor and he's a neurohormone metabolic fat loss expert. And if you see that, you're like, wow, that sounds scientific. And you see that he's also a doctor, but he's actually a doctor of physical therapy. And with all due respect, that's a great degree and, it, and it's a clinical degree. And it's something that I actually consider going into, but you study kinesiology, biomechanics, you study the rates of injury recovery, you study techniques to help people recover from either neurological or, uh, or uh, uh, joint injuries and those types of things. You do not study hormones, okay? And it, it's just ridiculous when people say that. Most doctors don't even have a great grasp on the hormonal system unless they're an endocrinologist. And those guys study pathological states like hormone diseases. So my point is, uh, if you're looking to be a fitness 
person who shares information or works with people, great, but be straight about what you're good at, what you're not. And that's what I try to do. And I believe that's what you would refer to as integrity, right? So I'm coming down off my pedestal because I don't want to rant and rave about it too much. But uh, this is something I'm really passionate about. And that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. And uh, one reason why there's some people who I'll never have on this show, because I think they're full of it. So let's get to the question today. This comes from Jing, a recent listener. She found the podcast through uh, Jeff Sanders, my interview with Jeff Sanders. And Jeff has a great podcast. Uh, check out Jeff Sanders' 5 a.m. Miracle podcast for tips on productivity. And I, I just love Jeff's energy and vibe. You've probably listened to his episode here, which was uh, re really great stuff. So Jing goes on to say, I fell in love with fitness during my weight loss process. And it also got me out of the depression where my two year and eighth month relationship ended. I felt that I didn't have passion for anything. I didn't know what to do and where I was heading. Then I bought a gym card, started to hit the gym, which made, made me feel much better. With seeing the body transformation, with seeing my body transform, because there's a little bit of a, you know, Jing, give Jing a break here. She's she speaks Chinese and obviously English is in her first language, although she uh, speaks it and uh, writes it very well. I felt I would be happy if I could help other people do the same. So I decided to change my career to fitness. So three months ago, I had a 90 hours training of ACE personal trainer course and luckily I passed, but I know it's just the beginning of being a personal trainer. The course is some basic theory and I was just a fitness fan without any practical training background. So my questions are how to get into personal, the personal training career faster and what other certificates are the most helpful for me to stand out in the field after my ACE certification, and what books do you recommend that I read? Looking forward to your reply, and thanks a million, Jing. And Jing, that is so cool. Let me first say, I love your story, because exercise, personal training, it wasn't just something you were looking to do to make money. It's something that's had a profound impact on your life because it helped you change your body, it helped you change your mood, it gave you something to focus on after your relationship ended. And I can't tell you how powerful that is. So you're starting from a very powerful place. And what I say about exercise is that uh, it's the most powerful thing you can do because you may eat some broccoli and some greens, but you don't feel the effects of that right away. You may have a great night's sleep and that can affect you, but it takes eight hours of sleeping uh, you got to go to bed at night and it takes a, a solid night's sleep to feel better from it. But with exercise, you can go and walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes. You can go and hit some weights. You can go for a run. You can do some martial arts. You can do some exercise and you can feel bad before you exercise. Then you feel immediately better right afterward. How powerful is that? That's why I tell people, it's like, listen, this is what got me through some of the tragedies that I've been through. Not only the tragedies, but just the ups and downs in life that we all experience. You can go and exercise and you feel better afterward. So, so the first step 
Gene, is start with why. And you've done that. And what you said, this transformation that you went through where you were, uh, where you were overweight and your relationship ended, that transformation is what I want you to focus on. Start with why. Why did you get into training people? Because when people know your why, they connect with it. It's not just some fitness person saying, listen, you need to eat the right amount of calories and your macros need to be in order and you need to strength train three times a week and do aerobic exercise another three times a week because you're a loser if you don't. There, there's a lot of people who come off very extreme in fitness. And when you share the reason why you got into this, like when you hear my story, it connects with you. You're like, oh man, this is a person who's gone and done something and they take care of themselves in spite of all the, the stuff that they've been through, the hard times they've gone through. Start with why. And if you're looking for health, to evaluate health information on the internet, try to figure out why the person got into this. If you don't hear a strong why, maybe it's that they've, uh, maybe that they're looking to make money and there's nothing, again, necessarily wrong with making money, but you want to make sure that they have your best interest in mind. And the second, the second uh, way to dominate your personal training career and your fitness career is to choose a niche and perfect your pitch. And this comes after knowing your why. And what I mean, choose your niche. I mean, who are the people that you work with? For me, I work with high-stressed, high-performance individuals. Most of my clients are CEOs of multi-million dollar companies. Guys who, while that sounds really cool, they're under a tremendous amount of stress and they're looking to get the edge in their life with exercise. So they're not necessarily looking for uh, to, to bench press 500 pounds or to deadlift 600 pounds or something like that. They want to optimize their health so they can form their best in their business, in their relationships, and live a great life. Now, what I hear a niche for you, Jing, is you could work with women or, or men too who are looking to feel better, to lose weight and to feel better and who were in a position that you were in. Now, that's just a suggestion. You don't have to, but really choose a niche of people that you want to work with because you, you asked, how can I stand out in the fitness field from other personal trainers? And the answer is to become a specialist in a niche. And uh, there's a big difference between, oh, who are you, a personal trainer? Oh, yeah, well, that's a personal trainer too. Everybody in the gym who works there as a trainer is a personal trainer. How do you di differentiate yourself? Uh, and the, the idea is by who you specialize in working with. So try to specialize in working with a particular type of individual. Because that is what's going to help you stand out more. Being a specialist, working with a type of person. And think about it in terms of medical doctors. Think about your general practitioner or your internal medicine doctor. That's okay, but they're not specialists. When you have a joint injury, you go to an orthopedic surgeon. When you have a herniated disc, 
like I have three in my neck, you go to a neuro, uh, a neurologist, or perhaps even a neurosurgeon. I've seen both. Uh, if you have a problem with your hormones, you go see an endocrinologist. Those are specialists. So how specialists get more training. They also have more specialized knowledge in working with specific problems and they get paid more. So that's the way you want to think. Obviously, you're not a doctor, but you are a fitness professional. And if you choose to work with a certain niche, you're going to be much more successful at standing out instead of just being a generalist. And the second part of that is perfecting your pitch. And what I mean by that is make sure you speak to that person. So if someone comes to you and you specialize in fat loss and uh, promoting wellness and improving your overall life, then if someone comes to you with a goal of stepping up on stage for a bodybuilding competition or physique competition, you say, hey, listen, that's awesome that you're doing that, but that's not what I do. I work with people who have this problem and I solve that problem. So, and when you have a person who is your ideal client, which uh, this took me a long time to get, by the way, uh, it's, it's like, oh, you know, the, the clouds part and the sun shines and it's just like, this is a perfect match. In fact, recently someone hired me because he heard me on Jeff Sanders podcast and he heard what I do and it was exactly for him. And you know what? He's been working with me for a couple weeks or actually just a week now. And he's already getting results and he's getting the specific results he wants. And was he looking for uh, a 300 pound squat? No, he was looking to get in shape in spite of his injuries and in spite of his busy and stressful life because he runs a business. And I'm optimizing his workouts and improving his mobility and we're tracking it and we're tracking his sleep and his uh, food. And man, it's just like when you work with the right client, magic happens. And when you try to go outside it, uh, you, you get mixed results. So number three is to share your message in knowledge. So as you start to learn more, you want to share your message. You want to share your knowledge. You want to share exercises that are working for you. And don't be put off by the fact that you're new to the business. What you say is, this is what has worked for me and I wanna share it with you. You say, this is what has worked for my clients and I wanna share it with you. And you can do YouTube videos, you can give presentations at Whole Foods, or you know, uh, you can even do a keynote speech like I'm doing, or you can talk at different events. You could start a podcast, you can start a blog, you could write a book, you could do a TV show, or you could be a guest on TV shows, podcasts, you can guest post on websites, but you must share your message and your knowledge. If you think you're going to be successful in this day and age without leveraging uh, the internet to share what you do, then you're not going to be that successful because the only people who are going to know about you are the local people. And even the local people would like to see your website, to see some information, to see 
your videos of you doing things or you talking about things. So you must share your message and your knowledge. You want to differentiate yourself? Do that. And I'll tell you the two most powerful ways of sharing your message and your knowledge are giving presentations or writing a book. So speaking and writing a book. People who do that that's why I do keynote presentations. That's why I started speaking. That's why I did all this stuff uh, uh, to get me to this point where I can get up there and speak. And people view you as an expert when you get up to speak or when you have a book. So those are maybe long-term goals. But in the meantime, you can start YouTube videos and show what you've been doing and how you've been getting results. And also get testimonials from your clients. I got a great testimonial the other day. I'll be sharing it with uh, you because what's better, me talking about how good I am or someone who's worked with me and paid me money, invested their time and money into working with me, telling you how uh, their experience was working with me, right? Obviously, <laughs> you're not going to believe me telling you, I'm the best. Well, of course you're saying that you want, you want me to listen to your podcast. You want me to buy your stuff. You want me to, which, you know, I'm not the best, by the way, I'm really good at what I do and I'm not good at other things. But as I talked about the niche and everything, but, uh, getting testimonials is huge. And again, I want to reiterate, be a guest on TV shows, be a guest on podcasts. Uh, I'll tell you, I have this podcast, and it's great. I love doing it. I love coming out every week with some information for you that will help your life. But I get just as many, I probably even get more leads from the podcast interviews that I do on other people's shows than my own show. Because maybe you think, yeah, well, it's just Ted, you know, he's just doing his thing. And uh, people who hear me on other shows, I'm the expert who's featured on that interview. So be a guest on podcasts, on TV shows. If you can get on TV, it's powerful. So let's get to number three, develop products and services that solve your target audience's problems. So, and I, I would say instead of target audience, your ideal client's problems. So an example of a service that personal trainers offer is personal training. And here's the problem with personal training, especially one-on-one -on -one personal training. It's a bad business model. When people are in town and you have a lot of clients, you're making money. When people go out of town, you make less money. When people have to stop training because of something happened or, you know, that you make less money. So your income is constantly going up and down. So what I say is to develop products and services and branch out. That's why I started offering online personal training. So that's something you can do as well, online personal training. Another thing is to, uh, is to create products. And uh, you can do, you can create courses, you can create workout products, you can create all types of things, but that's what you wanna think about. You don't want to think about, okay, how many one-on-one -on -one personal training clients can I get? Because what you'll find is that you're working your butt off, you have no life, but you're making money and you're stressed out 
and your health is going down as a result. Because that's what happened to me when I first got into training. I didn't have clients to start with, obviously. Then as I started to build up, I started training eight clients a day, six clients a day. I've worked probably, I've trained probably 10 or 12 clients in one day. It's crazy because what ends up happening is you fry yourself and that's not, that's not good for you. And it's not good for your clients because the, the quality of your training is going to go down as you start to burn out. So you want to think already about, okay, I need some one-on-one personal training clients. And I, and I urge you all to start there if you're on your fitness journey, but start to branch out right away. Start to offer online personal training, write programs for people and think about products that you could create. Think about group coaching models. Think about things that you can do to solve your ideal client's problems. And again, make sure it targets your niche. And when you're speaking to the right people, they will come and they'll want to be a part of what you're doing, just like it's happening for me. So number four is create connections and build relationships with key people in your industry and outside your industry. So Jing, you and I, we're connected now. You wrote me an email. We've been back and forth. You told me how you love the show. You have a connection there. And that's great. I want you to create connections with other people who are making a difference in fitness or in other areas that are related to what you do. For instance, I, I reach out to neuroscientists. I reach out to medical doctors. I don't want just fitness professionals here. I reach out to produ- productivity experts like Jeff Sanders or uh, so on. And it's key to create connections, especially we live in an age right now where you can email anybody. You can email Tim Ferriss. You can email uh, all types of people, anybody who's in your anybody who you want to connect with. You can email TED speakers. You can email and create connections with all those people. Now, once you have the connection, you want to maintain that relationship and you want to build relationships. A great example is me and Charles Staley. Charles has been on the show. We went back and forth. Now we talk regularly, not every week, but almost every week. We're we're sending some texts back and forth or we'll hop on the phone or do something. So, Create connections and build relationships and look for the right people to build relationships with. It's kind of like dating. If you have to work so hard to build a relationship, maybe that's not the right person. You want to look for people who you click with and it's just this natural chemistry there. So look, create connections with all types of people, then look to build relationships with them and, and really honor that relationship because building a relationship is not hey, I need something. Can you, can you do this for me? I ask people for help, but I don't do that regularly. I only ask when I need it, but I always reach out to people, let them know uh, that I've, I've liked something they've done. I'll share their information. Recently, I, I, I asked uh, someone if I could be back on their show, but I've been emailing them throughout the year in 2015. And they said, yes, of course, because I have a relationship there. It's not just a connection. It's a relationship. So number five is deliver amazing customer service. And I want to give you very specific ways of doing that. Ask your clients for feedback. 
That's why I ask my clients for feedback. I ask you who listen to this podcast for feedback. Like some, some people recently told me, hey, Ted, the volume on your episodes has been too, really low lately. Can you please fix that? So I listen to that. Some other people have asked me, ask Ted questions. I answer them because I, I care about your feedback. I want to know because developing a great customer service starts with listening to your customer. Even though I'm not selling you anything on the podcast that you're buying, I am selling you the idea that this podcast is something you should continue to listen to. And I want to show that by showing that I care and that I want to spend time and deliver the information that you want and answer, answering your questions is part of that. I've also, if you're on my email list, you know I constantly bother you with, uh, I, I shouldn't say constantly bother you, but I've sent you a couple of surveys to let you, to, to see what you're struggling with. And I read that stuff and I take it to heart and I find solutions to your problems. So that's really about delivering amazing customer service. It's really about doing your best to solve your customers and clients' problems. And uh, always starts with asking and listening and then finding ways to help them. What would help you? That's a great question to ask. What would help you achieve this? You're having trouble sleeping at night. What would You're having trouble staying on top of your exercise program. What do you think you need to help you do this? So that's, that's a, a great thing to ask. So customer service is huge. And you'll find that for, uh, for great businesses, they offer awesome customer service. And for all you Apple computer owners, Mac owners, like myself, by the way, you know, you go into the Apple store, the Genius Bar and all those people, they deliver awesome customer service. Even though their product is much more expensive, they offer awesome customer service. The whole, uh, the whole experience with buying a Mac is just pretty awesome. They give you training. They, they'll help you solve problems that come up. So try to emulate great business businesses with great customer service. And number six is to continue to adapt and evolve because there may be a point where one-on-one personal training doesn't even exist anymore. Maybe it's virtual reality one-on-one training. Maybe it's completely online. Everything's online. We don't know how technology is going to change the way we interact with each other and more specifically change the way we deliver service to our clients and customers. So it's really important to stay on top of that and know what's going on and don't left, don't be left behind because you're not paying attention. And some great resources are like Singularity Hub. I love that. Reading Entrepreneur Magazine. Make sure you, and I read it online, make sure you are on top of what's going on with business, what's going on with technology, and seeing how things evolve, and then extrapolate that information to how you can improve your business. So let's get to some technical information now. Now, number one is learn how to do and teach exercises. And I really believe it starts with learning how to do exercises. 
you must learn how to do exercises properly so that you can teach exercises. That is number one. For one-on-one -on -one personal training, that is huge. And I'll tell you, that's something you get very skilled at when you are doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one personal training and you're working with people who are new to, uh, to training with you. you. You have to show them how to do things properly or how you tweak the technique of things they already do. It's huge. So that is a key component of being a great personal trainer. So number two is learn how to write programs. And of course, for one-on-one -on -one personal training, I'll tell you, for the longest time, I thought my clients trained with me because that I wrote these great programs or because I was so knowledgeable. And it came down to the fact that, oh, well, it's because I like you and because I have an appointment with you and that standing appointment holds me accountable to show up and be there. Cool, cool, cool. Took me a while to really accept that, but I accepted it. Like, okay, well, that's what one-on-one -on -one personal training is about. However, learning how to write programs is what actually gives people results. And that is the biggest advantage that I can share with you because so many people out there go and work out in the gym. They go to the gym, maybe they do chest on Mondays and leg on, legs on Tuesdays and arms on Wednesdays or whatever it is, but they have no program. And if you learn how to write programs, you will, you will be way more skilled and get much better results than your average personal trainer who's just crushing people with silly random workouts. So learn how to write programs. And I'll give you some resources. And I'll tell you, I could, I could list a few kind of esoteric, hard to read resources, but I wanna give you three solid resources. So the first is Alan Cosgrove's New Rules of Lifting books. I think they're fantastic explanations of how to, of, of uh, not how to write programs because that's not the goal of the book, but if you see the program, the way it's written, it's like, wow, that's, that's pretty awesome. And I, that's how I learned how to write programs is emulating how other people wrote programs. I would do their program, I would figure things out, and now I do something completely different, but that's how I started. So Alan Cosgrove's New Rules of Lifting books, and they're from Men's Health, and he wrote them with Lou Schuler. So you can find that on Amazon, any of the books, and there's one, there's one specifically for women, and there's some for abs and there's the, you know, there, there's a bunch of different ones. So I think starting there is excellent. In fact, I have some, uh, personal training coaching clients who I'm helping them build their business. And he asked me for some programming advice. That's what I recommended he start with and it helped him a lot. Uh, another one is heart rate training by Benson and Connolly. Heart rate training will help you understand how to write a solid aerobic program that you can use with your clients. And you can give this to them so they do it on their own. Now, obviously, some clients won't be doing that. They'll just work out with you. And then after that, they go back to work and uh, dealing with their kids, raising their kids. I should say dealing with their kids. It's like, oh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't have kids, so I can't say it, but uh, I can't say 
what that's like, but raising their children and taking them around. But for the ones that are interested in doing aerobic exercise, which you should push on your clients because it's so important. I already gave you five reasons why in the episode, the last Ask Ted episode, but it's so important to be able to write an aerobic program that will help them not only lose more weight and lose more body fat, but also improve their overall health by lowering their stress levels, improving their resting heart rate, and so on. Another one is Ultimate MMA Conditioning by Joel Jameson. And although you may be put off by the name Ultimate Mixed Martial Art Conditioning, it's a book that you could use for any sport or for any person who has a goal. And he goes in and explains energy systems and how to put them together to create specific results. And I think it's just a fantastic book and you'll learn a lot from it. So those are my top three books for that. I mean, I could give you so many books on how to write programs, but that those three resources can help you a lot. And I would definitely start with uh, the new rules of lifting books. So number three is master your leadership presentation and communication skills. And now I'm kind of reiterating something I've already said before about sharing your message and your knowledge. Well, how do you share your message and knowledge and have skill doing it? Well, you have to develop your leadership presentation and communication skills. And if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that I've pushed Toastmasters, which I've gone back to, and I'm actually giving my first speech on Tuesday, and I'm doing this, putting this out on Friday, and I've done five months worth of improv acting classes. They all helped me get more dialed in to to, uh, talking with my clients and also presenting my information, because sometimes there's a lot of brilliant people in fitness. I mean, guys who are better than me or smarter than me, and you'll never hear about them because they, because when they communicate, people don't get it. They don't understand. It's just too technical. They don't understand how to take that information and put it into their life. Don't be that person. Learn how to communicate effectively. Learn the science of communication and presenting because there is a science behind it. What if I came and talked like this all the time? Or if, what if I use really big words all the time and didn't explain them? That would, how annoying would that be? Now, if I'm talking to other people who are, and we're talking about science and they're on the same level, that's one thing, but I'm not talking to other fitness professionals or people with PhDs and all that. I'm speaking with people who want to improve their lives. That's what my clients are. They're business owners who are also very smart people. They don't want to hear that technical jargon. They want to hear, hey, tell me what to do and tell me how to do it. Tell me why it's important. So Toastmasters is found around the world. Improv acting classes is another awesome way to make sure that you, uh, Get your presentation and communication skills dialed in. Number four is address other lifestyle issues outside of exercise. So here's the thing. You'll get clients who come and train with you. And while they're with you for that hour, they're doing exactly the right thing because you're an awesome personal trainer and you know how to write programs. You know how to teach exercises. You know know how to communicate the value of what they do 
of what you're having them do, sorry. So they get it and they're like, wow, this is awesome. But guess what? There's 160, I think seven hours in a week. So they're only with you for three of those hours or four of those hours or two of those hours. So you must know what's going on outside of exercise. So another certification I, I recommend is the Precision Nutrition Certification. Precision Nutrition. They have a certification for fitness professionals that helps you not only understand how to give a nutrition advice, but also how to actually do it in a way that the people will listen and change their behavior. Because if you just tell people, hey, count your calories, count your macros, and if you're over this amount of calories, then you're, you're messing up. So it, you need to be more than that. And precision nutrition certification is something that will help you. What I do personally is I developed a seven-day food and sleep log. So for seven days every month, and this is what I try to do. Most of my personal training clients, impersonal training clients don't do this. And they never give it back to me. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so excited about online personal training. Because people are really excited about changing their lives. But what I usually do, and I don't force people. I don't get paid enough to be anybody's mommy or daddy. I'm sorry. And actually, the, the people in person pay me a lot more. It's crazy, kind of. But uh, that that's the way it is. So a food and sleep log. By the way, that's a little pro tip. Never force anything on a client who's like, listen, I'm not going to do this. And you say, hey, you have to do this. You can set it up like that. But I find being more flexible works much better. And if someone says, hey, listen, I'm not going to change what I eat right now. I say, fine, but just fill it out. Let me see what you're doing. Let me see how you're sleeping. And we'll just deal with exercise. But I want to know the other things. I want to see what I'm dealing with. And I promise I won't badger you about change anything you're doing other than the exercise. So uh, anyway, that's a little pro tip. Being cool and flexible with people goes much further than trying to beat them into shape into doing something. They're just like, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. So food and sleep logs. I have people measure or, or uh, journal what they eat for seven days and also how the quality of their sleep, what time they went to bed, what time they woke up, how many hours they slept, how many times they woke up, things like that. That can go above and beyond what you're doing with them for, with exercise and can help them understand how to get better results and how to feel better. So the last one, number five, is continue to learn from experts who are doing great work with your ideal clients and outside your field as well. So the obvious is finding people who are successful working with your ideal type of clients. Let's say you're working with overweight women, overweight housewives uh, with children who want to get in better shape or, you know, whatever, something like that. You want to, you want to find other people who have mastered that area and learn from them. I'll tell you, the key to getting better is, is learning from others. And so you have to find who is doing what you want to be doing at the level you want to be doing it and you need to see what they're doing. And that will give you something to shoot for. And again, it's, it's not like, oh, check out your competition and what they're doing. 
check out what the best people are doing and start to emulate their their behavior, emulate their business model, emulate how they work with their clients and get great results. And also make sure you go outside your field as well. I don't have just, uh, I was going to say neuroscience. I don't have just fitness people on here. I have psychologists. I have biohackers. I have uh, entrepreneurs who, who share their stories. I have TED speakers who come on and share what they do. I have neuroscientists who come on and share the importance of the brain and how we can optimize our fitness to improve our brain health. That's because you don't, although people will tell you, hey, really dial in your niche, you must learn from other disciplines to find the patterns and techniques and strategies that are out there to put it together and to find your own unique voice and uh, approach in all this so you can put together your own approach, your own unique approach. And I want to leave you with this quote from Bruce Lee that pretty much explains my approach to finding my own methods and approaches. And Bruce Lee said, adapt what is useful, reject what is useless, and add what is specifically your own. So practically what that means is go out there, try different things, use what works, forget what doesn't, and then eventually you'll come up with your own approach and method to helping people. And that will be how you ultimately differentiate yourself as a professional, as a personal trainer, as someone who is making a big difference in people's lives. So that's what I want to leave you with. I hope you learned a lot from this. And if you have any more questions about it, feel free to hit me up. And if you have any Ask Ted questions in general, you know where to reach me, legendarylifepodcast.com. Enjoy your weekend and we'll talk next week.